Welcome back. It is now NFL playoff time. College football has ended, but the Go Deep podcast continues. This is Eric Mears, your local New York Jets fan, coming to you live. Uh, welcome back, guys. Toss it over to my co-host over here, the man with the fresh new braids. AJ, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. I'm a Washington sports fan for all sports, with the sole exception of my beloved Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you can get at me on socials at Dinadan Jets. Uh, let's toss it over to the beard. What's up, Lauren? Hey, guys. This is Lauren coming at you live from Montgomery Village. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football team fan, Wizards fan, anything really DC sports related fan. I kind of keep my finger on. And, uh, uh, well, yeah, so let's dive into it, Eric. Let's see what we got on the docket for this week. Dive into it, we shall. Um, for those of you who have been listening to the show for a while, you know that um, we here at the Goatee Podcast, especially AJ, has been doing a really great job at keeping up with the uh, stories developing, uh, not just uh, for our larger local teams, but also, you know, our, our more, I, I'll say, slept on uh teams that we have in the area such as the washington spirit who are part of the women's national soccer league um they are now the reigning champs um and did so with facing a lot of adversity um with some good news coming out of out of the spirits camp uh aj do you mind giving us an update that you were mentioning to us earlier yes absolutely so it is good news the um so there as as you guys may recall as we're following the story there was a big scandal particularly around the spirit um involving uh sexual and racial harassment of some of the players there uh, one of the um, key uh, uh, members of the leadership of uh, in the front office of the Spirit uh, was was accused of of doing this. Uh, he's a minority owner, um, and uh, the players had encouraged uh, the ownership of the Spirit to um, buy him out or get him out of power in in the in the um, in the front office, uh, so that he could the the team could sort of move on um, and and you know sort of extract some amount of accountability for. Uh, for the abusive behavior that he had displayed towards the players. Um, and uh, just, it looks like as of today, um, Michelle Kang, who, uh, to whom these um, players were uh, urging that the Washington spirit be sold, was able to wrangle up, uh, along with some other minority investors, uh, was able to wrangle up the votes in order to exercise a majority interest in the, in the spirit, over the spirit. Um, and so the team will not be sold to, it was, it was in the works that it was going to be sold to an ownership group that inclu- includes the owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers among other, among other, a few other teams. Um, that sale now looks like it's unlikely to go through because it'll be, Michelle Kang will have the votes to, to block it. Um, and she will become the, the majority stakeholder and the, you know, sort of the, the head of, of the Washington spirit, uh, going forward. So that's, that's a good bit of news, uh, for, for the spirit. That's kind of what the players had wanted, um, pretty much as good as it gets under capitalism where, uh, you know, <laughs> we have to deal with this sort of nonsense as, as opposed to exercising democratic control over our sports, sports franchises, um, which as your res- resident Kung Fu leftist, I will continue to advocate for, but until such time as res- revolution occurs, this is some good news. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, all in all, it's a plus. There you go. Um, I, you know, for us, it's good to hear because a team that literally went through the ringer had so much toxicity in the environment, um, managed to win a championship, and they continue to just grow, uh, make positive moves. So we're fans here at the Goody Podcast, and we'll, you know, we'll keep you, we'll keep you in the know with the Washington Spirit as much as we do with the Washington Football Team and all that other good stuff. Um, but shout out to the Washington Spirit 
Um, keep it up. It's in the name. We love your spirit. Um, hope to keep hearing positive things coming out of that camp. Uh, another camp that, you know, we, we, we touched on briefly last week, and now we have Lauren back, so AJ and Mark can have a bit more of a discussion than I can contribute to. But the Washington Wizards are currently playing tonight as we are recording this podcast. Uh, both my guys, I know, have one eye each on on the game to give you updates. But we're, we're I believe, at the halfway point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lauren, you weren't here last week, so I'm going to pass it over to you first. But um, what do you what do you at the halfway point of the season? How do we feel so far about the Washington Wizards? Yeah, you know, we've uh, we've been riddled with some COVID issues lately here at here in the stretch. But we have a good six game stretch here coming up of home games. And I felt like we played a lot of games on the road and had a lot of road trips. Um, so we were kind of battling road. I feel like road trips, um, back to back games and, uh, um, and kind of, they just seem tired. Their energy level seemed flat at certain points. Um, and I think that they've really bounced back. Bradley Beal went on the COVID list and came back on a tear. Um, so did Kyle Kuzma, uh, may have gone on the COVID list for a little bit, but he's been on a tear as of late. Um, tonight he already is too, uh, he's already, uh, seven for seven from the field and is 16 points at halftime. Um, they're only down three, uh, to the thunder, but, uh, yeah, I think, so far, you know, they're they're 20 and 20. They kind of they kind of fell off after their hot start, but those early wins are going to help us later in the second half of the season and as things push on um and as they as they move forward. I like what I was thinking about all week is what I really like is the play of Danny Avdia and Corey Kispert. Um we have a history of taking first round draft picks and them not really either contributing too much too much or, you know, just becoming a guy or being in the rotation. Um Corey's getting uh, a lot of minutes. He already has seven points tonight. He has three, and he has three defensive rebounds as well in 13 minutes. And Denny Avdia has really transformed into a, a really great defender um, and can also, you know, there's there's points in the game where he has to take over and um, uh, and uh, score was what I meant to say and, and you know, run the, run the offense, and he does that really, uh, really well as well. So, you know, that's part of our issue was, three, was shots just weren't falling. You know, um, I think AJ alluded to it a lot too. Like we just were missing like – you know, shots that should go in, you know, good looks and, you know, shots started to fall for us. So we started to win some games and we, we had two heartbreaking losses where guys hit like one second buzzer beaters that just beat us games. We could have won games. We should have won. So, you know, it looks like our offense is finally rounding into shape here. Um, and it look, we've been scoring a lot more points and playing a lot better. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be interesting going forward. COVID's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, cause Brad just went back on the COVID list, you know, how long he's, is he going to be out for again? You know, who do we need to step up while he's gone? Kind of like little things like that. So it, it'll be interesting to monitor, but you know, they're kind of, if I'm being honest, you know, at 20 at 20, they're, they're, they're about probably where I thought they'd be headed into this point um, before the season, you know, the season started, they started 10 and three. And I was like thinking, you know, we're going to win 50 games this year, you know, go on this huge tear and be like top three teams. So we can still, we can still shake that out after the all-star break, but you know, we've kind of come back to earth a little bit. So we'll see what goes on, but I'll pass it over to AJ to see what uh, his analysis on the team so far. Yeah, I mean, at this point, halfway through the season, uh, 2020, not quite as good as we as we were hoping for after we saw that, you know, really exciting start. I think uh, what ended up happening is, is right around December, people started going on COVID lists, and uh, it just kind of threw everything off the rails. It was large swaths of the team. We didn't, we didn't have, we, I think we had like seven or eight guys on COVID list at, at a single time at, at one point. Um, so that's, that's going to make it hard to win basketball games for you. Um, but uh, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to repeat um, everything that Lauren just said, but I will add the news about Bradley Beal going on the COVID list today. Apparently it's because of inconclusive test results. Um, so it's, it's not, it's, I guess the result is in some way, uh, it's just unclear whether he's tested positive for COVID or not. So 
Uh, it could be that we get him back just after after a single game here. We could have him back as soon as tomorrow. Um, we just don't know at this point. Um, so you keep your ear to the ground. Uh, make sure you're on the lookout for that. Um, and then in addition to that, I think I like uh, I like what I've been seeing from Wes Unseld. He seems like uh, a coach that knows what he's doing um, with some of these rotations, uh, getting guys involved and and um, uh, encouraging his team just to move the ball. I think for for me, Wizards offense gets stagnant and starts starts to be ineffective when they start playing hero ball and try and have one person score off the dribble as opposed to passing the ball around, um, you know, guys cutting to the basket, that kind of a thing. Uh, when they start playing hero ball like that, it's it, it's just it, people aren't hitting shots. It's it's not good. Um, but when they're actually when they're active, when the whole team's involved, when they're moving the ball around uh, on the offensive end of the floor, they look re- they look pretty good. Um, they, sometimes they struggle to get stops on the defensive end as well, uh, and they start trading baskets a little bit. Uh, so you'd like to see the defensive intensity pick up a little bit there. See if they can get some hands in the passing lane and cause some turnovers. So they can score off of those. Um, but by and large, I agree with Lauren's assessment. We're at 20 and 20, which is uh, better than many a Wizards team has been at this point in the season. So uh, in the past, um, so I'm still excited uh, for, for this team. And I think I think at the beginning of the season, I, pred- I predicted that we would win more than we would lose. Uh, so hopefully they'll win tonight uh, and that'll make the that'll make my prediction true at the halfway mark anyway. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for the Wiz. We got to the other big key, key right now is we got to be teams we should be, be be able to beat like the Thunder, right? The Thunder in a rebuilding year. They have an awesome rookie right. named Josh Giddy. Watch out for him coming up. Uh, he'll be an All Star. I'm thinking here if he, as long as he stays healthy and there's no injuries. But um, Shay Shay. Um, yeah, I was I was gonna SGA is what they call them. Um, so many people don't know. Side tidbit: I lived in Oklahoma City for years, and so I followed the Thunder when they were on their tear with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, um, and making finals runs. So I kind of keep a keep a little thumb on them and kind of watch their team. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to see them playing here. But uh, this is a team. All that's all that said, this is a team this Wizards team should beat. They should handle them. Um, get this win here. Move on. We need to start beating the teams we should beat. So. Hopefully this is one of them, um, and and we get this win. But yeah, that's- yeah, one annoying aspect of being a Wizards fan that has not gone away since last year is that for some <laughs> reason, like random, uh, random players just all of a sudden become oh, Michael Jordan the yeah. minute they step onto the floor against the Wizards. Like like Lou Dort right now is cooking us with. Three. Oh yeah, Lou the Dort. Is Lou yeah. Dort. Yeah. Lou Dort. Lou Dort. Guys, who is that? Who is that? Who well, even is that? He rose yeah, to facts. he rose to prominence in the bubble when he had to guard James Harden and like shut him down. Uh, when Oklahoma City made it with CP3, but he had no offense, so he went into the uh, that was the bubble year. So that was two years ago, I think now. Uh, so he went into the offseason and worked on his scoring because he couldn't score. So they would just leave him out, and he's now able to hit threes. But yes, he also goes off. He uh, last time we played him, he went off as well. I think he had like. 24 points last time we played them so like yeah just random he just doesn't start doesn't for some reason yeah. show up to, and play the best game of their like, lives against the Washington like Wizards. they'll call up like their g-league players and then they'll hit like the g-league player will go for like five from five for six from three-point range and you're just like mm-hmm. why <laughs> like why us like, of course <laughs> like why us like you never hear from that guy again he's like he it's like his one wikipedia yeah. thing it's like that one time he got called up it's like oh yeah and he dropped 25 points on the wizards one time and then never saw the nba again you know, and the thing is, like, it's not even like like the rest of the players will have normal stat lines. Like, at, the whole rest of the team will have normal stat lines. So it's not like the Wizards just aren't playing defense or something. It's like, no, that guy just just for some reason that day just like had off. his had the game of his life. <laughs> he just popped yeah. off that random. <laughs> one, man. You hate to all see it. performance from freaking Manu Bull. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well. Hopefully, hopefully the second half of the season turns out to be uh, a bit more consistent for us than the first half. I mean, we started off real hot, and then here we are now. 
Uh, I, I do have to give a quick shout out to Kyle Kuzma, as always, keeping us entertained. My man stepped out of the Matrix um, for tonight's game. <laughs> so glad to see he got a fashion uh, fashion advice from Trinity. <laughs> My man, it's some platform Chuck Taylors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. As long as you're comfy, bro. Keep, them keep, them keep foam posits look big enough to be marshmallows and a cup of, cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> out here wearing uh, Giants teeth to uh, shoes. <laughs> oh nah. Uh, uh another league that's in currently uh in their off season, uh, but who nonetheless still has has fans a little tentatively nervous before the season. Major League Baseball, there is an update on that front. Uh last we last last we spoke about them, there was a uh, a lockout from the owners um as pressure mounts for them to come to a new agreement uh aj you got you got some of that for for the fans, yeah for the just, listeners. just a slight update the um the mlb and the players the mlbpa the players association are, are meeting on thursday for the first time since the lockout was instituted um last time uh right before the the owner before the expiration of the contract the um the owners basically only uh, refused to meet with the players except for uh well they they started a scheduled meeting and then ended it for literally 14 minutes later and left. Uh, and I, I don't know if, uh, how much collective bargaining uh, our listeners have been a part of. I know how much I've been a part of. When you have a 14 minute meeting, it's never a good thing. Um, and uh, so the so that was that was kind of a big uh, middle finger from the owners to the players uh, in that case because the owners were not prepared to meet any longer than that. Um, after that, they instituted a lockout, which is basically like the high the sort of the biggest tool that capital has during during labor unrest. Uh, to try and um, put the screw thumb screws on the players. Um, but in this case, the players probably feel like bring it on because <laughs> uh, the start of the season is scheduled to take place three weeks uh, before March or February 26th. Uh, February 26th is when the games are scheduled to happen. I don't think that the, uh, I think the lockout is going to um, cause some significant disruption to the season at this point, because I don't see them making significant progress here in one or two weeks. Uh, depending now it's possible they could meet every, you know, maybe, maybe this, this proposal from that the owners said they have for the players, it's an economic proposal. And maybe they, uh, are serious about settling this, this thing before and not causing any disruption to the season, in which case they might agree to meet every day for, you know, a week or something to hammer out the details and stuff and stuff. I don't see that happening here. Probably the owners will, um, will come forward with a pretty provocative, uh, provocatively low ball offer, uh, to the, um, to the players. And, uh, you know, and then we'll, and then we'll see where we are. Uh, you know, there, there'll, there'll be lots of uh, stuff in the press to look forward to. Um, and, and, you know, we can discuss to see, uh, you know, if, if the owners are deciding to play ball as so to speak, uh, pardon the, uh, pardon the pun, uh, or if they're really, or if what they're trying to do is, is, um, make the players angry and, and cause further, further disruption to, to the season. Um, so like I said, I don't think, uh, the, the, the real news here is that they're meeting for the first time, um, since the start of the lockout on Thursday, the speculation that I'm bringing into it is I think this is going to cause significant disruption to the baseball season. Um, so if you're a big uh, spring training fan, uh, I, uh, my sympathies, you're probably going to miss a couple weeks of a couple weeks of your games, I would imagine. Um, but uh, the real things are going to, things will get really interesting uh, right around the time March madness when we'll be figuring out whether uh, the regular season will have to be disrupted in any significant way. There you go. Um yeah, it, I, so I'm like super unfamiliar with the timeline for the Major League Baseball offseason. Um, so I, I, here's my question to both of you: Like, at what point in the in the MLB offseason 
do you hit panic mode and go, oh shit, this season may really not happen? Uh, AJ? Yeah, so, um, all right, so baseball season is really long, right? There's 162 games. Uh, they're played between, the regular season is played between April all the way up until October. That's a six-month span of games being played during that time. Uh, now, during the COVID disruption, there's precedent that we got, we finally got some, like, sort of a semi-bubble type atmosphere for baseball, uh, where the players agreed to, like, basically be locked down in hotel rooms and sort of be separated from the general public so that uh, COVID wasn't spreading and everything. That season was truncated, I think, how, I think, how much do we miss, Lauren? Was it six to eight weeks, I think? We we missed out on before that before the owners finally stopped. Yeah, you're talking about the COVID shortage. Yeah, the season. COVID shortage. Yeah, that shortage. was they we only had 60 games, so I think you're right. It was it was it cut it cut pretty deep into the season. That's the year LA yeah. won it. I'm pretty sure it's the year the Dodgers won it. Yeah, I think that was July um, when they finally got started. So that, so we know that they that there's the capacity to play a shortened season if uh, you know if if they're able to get it done by by June or July or probably 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 late June it would, would probably be the, sort of the cutoff. Um, so, you know, it, it, and then after that, it just depends on what the players and um, what the owners kind of agree to. Um, so the reason I'm giving this kind of a fuzzy answer is because it's, we don't know because it really just depends on how stubborn the owners are willing to be um, and how like brave and courageous the players will and strong they'll be, uh, you know, at the, at the table. Um, they could be strong enough to say, "Look, you lock this out. It's your. It's on you." You know, <laughs> like, like, you know, come back with a with a come back with a, pro- a correct proposal, or you know, kick rocks. Uh, you know, it could it could be just like that. Um, a couple. I think the last time we came this close, uh, it was I want to say '92, and the owners panicked about mid March. Um, they freaked out and capitulated, um, pretty quickly. So, uh, so I I would I would guess that. Like I said, around the time of March Madness, we're really going to see what what these two sides are made out of and, and who's going to come out on top, I would bet. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's just going to be, um, you know, since, since they've had the 60-game um, season, that's what I was thinking. You know that they could always just pull, try to pull that out and, you know, hold out for that. So they'll they'll probably at some point have a season, right? Like it just depends on how many games we're going to get. You know, there's always money on the table, and that's the one thing everybody can always come together on is that there's, you know, we're leaving money on this table here, so we should get some of this some of this instead of instead of losing all of it. So usually, and usually that's what, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back at some point. So even if it's 60 games or 120 or whatever they decide. So I think AJ's assessment's spot on. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. It depends on, you know, if the players hold out and what they want to do, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing in baseball, the thing to remember is that the owners make money from like from butts in the seats and the, you know, which, you know, everyone makes money off that, but they also make money from their TV markets. So if there's no baseball being played at all, they're not making anything. There's no advertising revenue. There's no, uh, you know, there's no butts in the seats. So the owners really start to freak out when it when you know it comes time that their their pocketbooks are being the ones taking the hit. They're bet they're gambling and betting that the players will be like, will essentially say like, I'm not getting a paycheck. I can't I can't have this. But baseball has made more money than it ever has in its history at this point in time. Um, so, and I don't think you know as as rightly righteously upset as the players are for the way that the owners have screwed them with the last contract. I'm something tells me that they're going to have enough money to, to, to where they're not sort of, uh, you know, in danger of, of breaking. But again, that's just my, that's just me as a guest, as a, as a casual, or not, I'm not a casual fan, but like a, as a fan, 
Um, so we'll see, we're really going to see what when the rubber hits the road in March. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, we'll be, I mean, as after that after that first initial meeting that AJ was just telling you about, I'm sure we'll have more information. And as it comes up, we here at the Go D Podcast will keep you updated. Um, but interesting to see, keep uh, keep in mind moving forward as the season does creep closer. Um, as the MLB season creeps closer, though, college football just came to a conclusion on Monday night. Um, it was a heated battle between the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Georgia eventually came on top, came out on top. Um, I There was a late interception on Alabama that led to a quick touchdown, and uh, that kind of turned the tide. Uh, I didn't get to watch the game, uh, but I know Lauren for sure did. AJ, I think, did as well. Um, oh, no, AJ did not. But Lauren did. Lauren what did you think, man? Yeah, so the first half was kind of a slugfest, right? Like, it was just field – they were trading field goals, and someone said it today, and I completely agree with that. It was the fastest defensive game they've ever seen, just guys flying to the ball. I mean, and then it's not even like guys – like, you see guys flying to the ball, and then maybe, uh, like, early on, like, they're high energy, high intense. That was it the whole game. I mean, the entire game for the most part, up until the very end when it got out of Alabama's hands, uh, they had guys – um uh, uh flying to the ball on that defensive side and they have some big boys on that georgia georgia's uh d-line uh yeah it was you know the the interception started to hurt alabama as you alluded to and then they lost their wide receiver um you know uh i'm blanking on his name torres acl uh james jameson williams torres acl that, Jameson yeah. williams torres and you know ACL. the the that that really hurt him um a lot of uh the 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 guys who stepped in to they lost their other receiver too whose name i can't remember they uh they had to bring in, they had to play guys that hadn't been playing much all year. And the kind of with the bright lights turned on them, they started dropping passes like balls. Like, I can't, I like balls were hitting these guys in the hands and they were just dropping them. And they were just younger guys that hadn't played much. Like, it happened a lot, like a lot. Like, guys just weren't catching passes anymore once they lost their two, their two top, top studs. So, you know, it kind of, it kind of snowballed and went downhill fast. And Georgia just seized, seized momentum and, and hopped all over. Like I said, it was a, it was a snooze fest uh, in the first half, if I remember correctly. And then the second half, it, the, the scoreboard started to get, started lighting up. So um, yeah, it was a, it was good. It was a good, it was a good game. You know, it was interesting. It was back and forth a little bit until Georgia kind of took command and took over the pick six and um, you know, the interception and scoring a touch the, that early touchdown and things like that. So yeah, it was a good, but it was a good game. I know it was a big game uh, because a lot of those players are going to be coming out. I keep alluding to this as the season ends, but um, a lot of those guys are going to be playing in the NFL at some point, or at least you know, uh, coming out in that in the draft. And Jay, um, the uh, the wide receiver that we were just talking about. Oh my God, Jameson Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, him tearing his ACL is huge, huge ramifications yeah. to, to his draft stock on there. Uh, Jordan Davis, pretty pretty sure he just played himself into the first round. Uh, Nakobe Dean. So a lot of these guys we'll see on Sundays um, after this season. But, yeah, congratulations to Georgia, your first national championship, I think since 1980 is what I saw. Um, so, yeah, it's always fun to see the empire fall um, in college football. So better better luck next year, Saban. Yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah, it was a fun game. Stenson Bennett didn't burn, burn the you know take take you know he two for two uh seventeen for twenty six two hundred twenty four passing yards two touchdowns, you know they just I think that defense is just nasty. That like you said I think that uh yeah. all those I think all eleven guys are gonna go go in the NFL at some point go to the end whether they're, it's the first round picks or they're going in the fifth round or you know guards yeah. free agents they'll probably end up find them stumble uh, if they're eligible to go to the NFL they'll find their way on a roster so. 
Yeah. It'll it I and a lot of those players are gonna be a lot of fun to watch on the NFL, I feel like. Yeah. Um especially from Georgia's Absolutely. defense. I mean that defense was out of this world. But um yeah, uh looking forward to that. Um just like a lot of fans were looking forward to this past Monday on the NFL side of things, it was the always heralded Black Monday, um, where a lot of movement was you know, is usually made um in front offices or in head coaching positions. Um, so here's 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 a here's a rundown of this Black Black Monday. Uh, Mike Zimmer, so the head coach, and Rick Spielman, who's general manager in Minnesota, are both out. Um, following suit is Matt Nagy, who's the head coach of the, who was the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and Ryan Pace, who was a general manager in Chicago. Um, another pair, Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants, was surprisingly cut on Tuesday, so today. Uh, and Dave Gettleman had announced his long-awaited retirement. Uh, Lord knows he needed to go at some point. Vic Fangio was fired uh, as head coach in Denver. And a, the most surprising one to me, Brian Flores was fired by Miami. Um, he was a head coach there as well. Um, so I'm going to start this off. AJ, your, your, most, your most exciting head coach opening and the firing that left you kind of going, what was the point of that? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone's going to have the same answer for this one. But, like, the, the the one that had me scratching my head was was Brian Flores. It didn't make any sense. Like, he just – he took that took that franchise, which was like a two-win franchise before he got there. He yep. took them – he had put together two winning seasons. Uh, this past one, they just missed the playoffs um, after going on, like, a seven-game winning streak. Uh, and don't get me wrong. The Dolphins had their issues. But, like, why – people, people – it just it doesn't make any sense. It, it really didn't. The, the firing didn't make any sense. A lot of people are pointing out rightly that uh, you know Brian Flores is a black coach, and it just seems like in this league, black coaches are on quite a short leash. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else they wanted from him. They like the whole situation there with Tua Tagovailoa is is kind of broken uh, as far as like the quarterback position is concerned. And I think if you have a more consistent quarterback, that that team could that team could have won 10, 10 11 games. Uh, but such is life, I guess. Uh, I guess. I don't know. It, it, the thing that doesn't make any sense to me about it is it's always like, what have you done for me lately? And it's like, Brian Flores is like, look at it. Look what I did for you lately. You know, and they still got rid of him. So uh, whoever the owner of, of the Miami Dolphins is, you suck and you're obviously dumb. And I'm sure Brian Flores is going to go somewhere else and have lots of success. And you're going to look like an idiot in a second. Um, and I'm sure we're going to find <laughs> out real quick. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then the, the one that... Um, so that that's the one that's kind of surprising. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the one that I think is the funniest is definitely Do- Joe Judge. Uh, shout out to Joe Judge. I'm going to miss at your like spectacularly bad football teams uh, out here in New York. Uh, you know, we we get New York twice a year, uh, and uh, Joe Judge had done some of the craziest, stupidest things, including last week, uh, where he decided to run a QB sneak from the four yard line uh, on second and ten out of a formation that was that was obvious with like plenty of time left on the clock like one of the most head scratchingly dumb decisions i've ever seen in football uh, also uh let's not forget that primetime defense uh goal line defense uh where he lined up with like in like nickel like nickel on the goal line <laughs> like i don't know what you, i don't know what you're doing i don't know what you're thinking it seems like you play like you he play calls worse than like your 8 year old brother in madden uh, it, it, he just doesn't know what he's. It seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. 
Uh, and then, of course, last week before he lost by double digits to wa- to Washington football team, uh, he, he like sat there and talked a bunch of trash about how his, his team, you know, isn't here fighting each other, blah, blah, blah. Of course, this is this, of course, coming from the coach whose players literally got into a huge fight uh, during the preseason. Uh, and then he wants to trash talk Washington, that kind of stuff. So congrats, clown. Get out of here. Uh, goodbye. Good riddance. Good luck. There you go. Hey, uh, Lauren, same question tossed back to you. Uh, the one head coach firing that had you most kind of like just surprised and then the one head coaching opening um, that you think is kind of exciting to t- that for someone new to take over. Yeah, no. So I think uh, I think AJ hit the nail on the head. It was uh, Brian Flores was for sure um, going on that huge winning streak at the end of the season. Um, to me, it's also the fact that he built this team and uh, he the draft picks, right? Like the way that he built this team and doing it with Tua. Tua was on such a hot seat for so long to get traded. You know, that's all I heard for weeks. And I sat there and wondered if I was Brian, how do you cope with knowing that like you're or how do you have your Tua and Brian? How do you cope with knowing that like your quarterback, starting quarterback, could just get traded at any minute? Like and that people want him out there, and then you start winning with them, and you're like this dude who you want everyone, everyone else to just throw away. Like I'm winning games with him. I built the defense here. We've got stars. We've got studs. Like look what I can do with this team. And then the owner is just like nah. You know, like it's just how do you, how do you, how do you? Uh, like like it's just like what did, what did I do wrong? Like he won, he took a he took a two two win team, like you said. He won five games his first year. He won ten games his second year, and then he won nine games this year. He had a winning record for two of the seasons, right? We have a head coach that hasn't had a winning record yet, right? Like you know, so he's he the two of his three seasons there, he had he had winning records, and so it's just it's just a little bit baffling that they just decided to just get rid of him out of left field. Um, the minute they got the minute they fired him, though, I knew he was going to go to Chicago. That's my that's my assumption. Like he's going to roll over to Chicago, and I think he's going to turn that team. He's going to take um, Justin Fields under his wing, um, kind of like he did Tua, and take and help take that team, turn that team around. Um, the most exciting position that's open right now, I would either lean Chicago or Denver, and it's because of their defense right? Like their defenses have always tend to be solid. Um, you just kind of need a, you just kind of need a quarterback and some key in some skill positions. And, 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 um, uh, Chicago has shown that with Allen Robinson, at re- receiver. I think they're running backs, uh, uh, Howard still, right. I think it's, I think he's still, there's, there's, they're starting back, um, out there. So, you know, if you can get just, and Justin Fields is, you know, you scouted him in the off season, Eric, and, you know, we've seen his talent, what he can do. I think if he just has someone that trusts in him and believes in him and kind of can help him in the same way, the same way Brian helped Tua, you know, look what, look what he was able to do with Tua and Tua throws left-handed, which is a big, huge problem. And so um, I think that that's probably the, the most, uh, the most interesting. And then to touch on AJ's point also um, they uh, Joe judge hired uh, Jason Garrett as his offensive coordinator, and then they fired him and the offense got worse. So uh, I had to add that to insult the injury for the Joe judge, the Joe judge situation. So <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, that guy can go eat a whole bag of dicks and pound it up in pound hole. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, Lauren there is taking a page out of my book when I'm re- referring to Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I the Brian Flores firing, it's, it's really one of those, like, AJ kind of alluded to it, but I, I think it's the owner, Stephen Ross, just constantly uh, – trying to dabble too much so you have you have owners who just don't give a shit about the team really other than milking them for money like Khan in jacksonville or snyder in washington like guys who are just like yeah football whatever 
Um, I think Ross is kind of tiptoeing on the other extreme of it where it's like, oh, this guy's not doing well enough. We're not in the playoffs and we have all these pieces. Let me get involved. And it's like, dude, you're, you, you literally have no head coaching experience. I'm pretty sure if you played, it was a long time ago. Game is way different. Like you have to relax. So I think that's what's going on in, in Miami. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was also a combination of, you know, Flores literally going, I have two as my young quarterback who I want to, you know, take care of and bring along. And Ross wants to make a blockbuster deal for someone like Watson. So, or Russell Wilson or something like that. And uh, Flores wasn't having it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what comes up with that. Uh, I'm super excited to see who takes over. Uh, like Lawrence said, the Chicago spot. Um, they got a interesting young rookie in Justin Fields. Um, they got some young pieces in place. David Montgomery's still really young. Uh, Darnell Mooney kind of stepped up as Allen Robinson's poor corpse decays up in Chicago. Um, Cole Komet is a bad tight end, so hopefully they do something about that position. That defense is still fun. Uh, once they get Khalil Mack back next year, um, they could be interesting to watch. They still got Eddie Jackson, so uh, I think that's one of those positions to watch. But the one, uh, the other, the other position that'll be really interesting to see um, who takes over will be the Denver position. Because that Denver team is literally probably only a half decent quarterback away from being um, able to, you know, make a deep push into the playoffs, even in a stacked AFC West um, division. So, um, super excited to see that. But such is life in the NFL. If your team doesn't make the playoffs, um, you end up not, you know, not making it very long in that head coaching spot. Um, and speaking about, you know, teams that didn't make the playoffs, here we are. New York Jets fan across from two Washington football team fans. Um, I'm going to start off with Lauren on this one. Uh, we're going to do a quick like season, you know, uh, retrospect. Um, talk about your favorite moment, your least favorite moment, what you're hopeful for next year, Lauren. Yeah. So um, they, they, I thought I had us win a few more games this year than, than, than we did, but uh, um was I going to say no it when you lose when you we had some free agent act signing acquisitions that just didn't pan out when you sign Curtis Samuel and Ryan Fitzpatrick to be your starters and they go down they both go down Curtis Samuel's never really healthy all year and Ryan Fitzpatrick's just out um you kind of expected a little bit more offensive production you expected uh with Ryan I expected there to be more of a deep ball more deep passes I remember a stat that people kept bringing up during games was that we're not um so we have like no touchdowns over 30 yards or something like that you know where you aired out or you know kind of things like that so you know you kind of expected there to be a little bit more offensive firepower um Logan Thomas got hurt as well so I think it was evident in the first game um when he got hurt against the Chargers and was out for an extent and even when he came back for one game I believe against the Raiders he caught touchdown passes I think in both of those games um Taylor loved him as a target and Taylor it was kind of like Taylor's comfort comfort uh uh, blanket right um he could uh, taylor like taylor likes to throw passes a little bit high but with logan thomas you you know when you throw him high that's perfect for him he can sky up and go get him so i think we got riddled with injuries you know um we're just gonna have to retool the the biggest thing is we don't have a franchise quarterback we're gonna have to find one somehow i mean you just gotta you've got to look for it um i think that that's what we're gonna have to look for going forward um 
probably my favorite part of the season was when we went on that four game winning streak. That was fun. And so cap started it off by beating Tom Brady and the, uh, the Buccaneers and then going, beating the Panthers for Ron and then beating Seattle on Monday night, which was fun. Cause I don't remember the last time I've seen us win a Monday night game without being a blowout, um, uh, beating Oakland, you know, with the last second, you know, Taylor threw an interception where they should have, you know, in, in the final minutes and they should have, oh, somehow we stopped Oakland and got the ball back and kicked the game winning field goal, you know? So that was fun. Um, it kind of stunk the last five games where, you know, we didn't, we only won one of them and got, uh, uh, got blown out by the Cowboys once and kind of got it, had a game against the, the Eagles where we were riddled with COVID. So I think looking forward, what, uh, we're going to have the, the, some of the mock drafts have us taking uh, a wide receiver, um, in the first round. I think that, that that's probably, uh, I think either you go quarterback or something offensive, offensive skill set. Um, we got to We've got to address the Terry McLaurin situation, um, and get him signed as well. Um, before uh, here soon, because the longer you wait, it's only going to get more expensive. Um, and so hopefully they can get a deal done, worked out with him. So, um, but yeah, season recap overall, it was it was okay. You know, it, in my mind, I don't think we have a franchise quarterback. And I and I think with this year, Ryan, we all knew Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be a placeholder. And Taylor stepping in, he he did a good job to step in as a backup for the whole season. And I think he proved he can be our backup, but I think we, we, we still need to, I think we still need to search for kind of a, kind of a guy that's kind of our quarterback. Yeah. Taylor had too many passes that were underthrown for me. Um, He had too many passes underthrown for Terry. He's going to get Terry hurt. Um, uh, You know, we kind of need a guy that's got a little bit more of a cannon that can air it out a little bit more. Um, And and to AJ's point, one of AJ's points was that during our winning streak, you know, it's because we were running the ball efficiently. Um, And I think if we can still keep that up and do that, our offensive line was ranked really high this year. Uh, We need to keep that up and do that. And then as well as if we can add in that element of a deep passing game, add another receiver to help with Terry or, you know, get Logan Thomas back healthy or Curtis Samuel. You know, if um, I heard a guy say, how are you going to compete with the Eagles this year? How are you going to compete with the Eagles in the draft? Because they have three first round draft picks, you know, so you kind of he kind of even that I was with Logan Thomas comes back healthy. Maybe he can match some production. Um, If Curtis Samuel comes back healthy, he can maybe match some production. Um, but the Eagles are about to retool and get really good. Um, Dallas is going to stay, stay, stay top tier um, with, with, as long as Dak's at the helm. And then, you know, the Giants are just a dumpster fire. So uh, we're not worried, really worried about them. But the Eagles, the, we got to compete with the Eagles and the Cowboys. You've got to win your division if you want a shot. you got to realistically win your division or be up there and competitive with them. And so what are we going to do moving forward, in my mind, to, to, to be competitive with them? And I think we have to uh, upgrade at certain spots. You know, Jamin. Ron came out and said today that Jamin Davis might not play inside linebacker where we drafted him. He's probably going to play more outside now, maybe going forward, but maybe he's got to learn the position, right? He just, he just, it's his first year in the NFL people, but people expect, you know, they expect Michael Parsons every time you draft a first round guy. And so, you know, that doesn't happen every time. Um, and so uh, you've got to kind of let him work things out and pan things out. Who knows? Maybe this offseason he takes takes a lot of steps forward and learning the, learning the position, learning the game, and maybe can play inside linebacker for us. Um, a big guy we lost early in the season, I think it may have been the first game or maybe even the second, was John Bostic, right? So he was led the team in tackles. He was going to be a solid, solid – people who don't talk about that at all are solid in, inside linebacker. So we didn't have to force Jamin to be a middle linebacker, but we've had to force him in as a rookie, and he obviously didn't pan out as well. So then we had to force other guys in there to try to play um, and step up. And so it just kind of was a revolving door there. I, I was sitting here wondering – I wonder if they'll try to go linebacker again, you know, in the first round. But I think they're going to go quarter, go all out for a quarterback this um, – off season, I think Ron said it in his presser today. It's going to be their number one priority to try to get one, whether that means they trade for a vet or they draft one or trade up to get one. So I don't, I don't know how that looks or what they're going to have to throw into a deal to get to get one. 
who knows if we bring Deshaun Watson in here or, you know, that's the, I, realistically, I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving or, or Russell Wilson leaving. So I, you know, who, you know, Derek, does Derek Carr leave since he's, since they just made the playoffs. So Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah. Or Baker. I forgot about, I forgot about the, the goat Baker out there <laughs> in Oakland. Or in, uh, in, uh, in, no. uh, Cleveland. John Kitna plus the, uh, you, you don't want to, you don't want to Baker, but no. So it's, you, you just need a franchise quarterback. You need you need a quarterback, and we need one. And I think that's that we've had a revolving door. Ron, to me, to me, it shows the testament to how good Ron is in the sense that he's taken what he has and he's done the best with it, uh, right? Like he's taken what he's had, and we almost had. You know, we wanted a four game winning streak this season and made this season season interesting. You know, only dropped loss to the Cowboys by seven in a close game. You know, we we had to play the Eagles COVID stricken and lost to them by only four, you know, with with yeah. uh, Garrett Gilbert as quarterback. You know, I think if Taylor's in that game, we win it. Um, just kind of things like that. And, and it's hit or miss. And I think we have to do it better in the draft um, as well. I think that uh, Cosby played well this year, but my standout probably rookie was John Bates that I remember making the most difference. Cosby and Bates, a tight, tight end and our, our uh uh, right tackle. I think he played right tackle or right guard yeah. this year, you know. And so I think going Cosby was a great. He was a great yeah nab there in the second that you guys got. Yeah, and I think going forward we're just gonna have to draft a little bit better at skill position. Deami Brown didn't. You know, it's interesting with Deami Brown because you wonder if it's quarterback that didn't get him the ball or if it's his route running right like I, I almost wonder if um and maybe i have to go back and watch see if i can watch more film but is it that taylor wasn't he wasn't taylor's first read or was it taylor just couldn't get him the ball you know because he made some great con- contest contested catches late in the, like in the last couple games so you know yeah. going forward maybe maybe he's just learning maybe he's still learning and they didn't want to ask him to do too much too soon so i just think they need to get another weapon for terry to take some pressure off terry and then they need to yeah. they need to upgrade the quarterback position and if they don't then 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 try to go the grind it out ground and pound run the ball game so but we'll see i think what what unfortunately happened with the army was that i i think you guys kind of put a lot of eggs in the curtis samuel basket to kind of open things up yeah and Diami was supposed to play more of a traditional role but with curtis samuel barely being available to you guys it just couldn't yeah he was kind of put on the back burner i feel like as you guys scrambled to figure out what to do but you um, who's who was your return special? Oh, DeAndre Carter. Yeah, I think that was a, that was Man, a stud he, find. Diamond in the yeah, rough find. That find. was a stud find. I was about to say that the 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 free agents we've signed have been fairly decent, like JD McKissick, who we need to resign. Logan Thomas, uh, yeah. Logan uh, Thomas, I believe. Uh, uh, DeAndre Carter. You know, kind of got little guys like that that we've signed that have that have filled that have stepped up and filled big roles and that we've needed on this team for a while. So, you know, I think our offensive line ranked out really well. You know, we would play with our fourth string center center <laughs> in, in our offensive line yeah. so in my opinion you build around your line right your defensive line your offensive line so if we it's, live and die in the trenches yeah, so if we can you know it, it, even if we get a filling guy like a, a jimmy garoppolo or something like that or um just some or sure. or we draft a young guy but we have a stud offensive line we're gonna make him look a lot better than maybe he is, hides some defects at first so yeah. um we'll see i like you know we're, we're moving forward you know I, in my mind i think you know right uh Ron talked about it today. He's like, you know, we had two young guys, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, do great stuff this season. Um, yeah. I think, he, and, he, and you know, in my mind, I go, okay, well, now we just need to add, you know, a quarterback into the mix then if we've got those young guys in that offensive line. But I've talked for, what, a good 15 minutes now. So I think, I think, I think, <laughs> well, huh? No, no, I was going to say, yeah, well, I mean, toss it over to AJ real quick to get yeah, some of, uh, like, AJ's, his Yeah, I'm sure there, he always, is, he always pick, brings up stuff I forget to talk about. So I'll let AJ get yeah. his two cents in. 
Yeah, your favorite part, least favorite part, what you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, well, I think, um, I mean, I loved, I love improvise, I love uh, improvisational Taylor Heineke. I think uh, him just like being able to like, for some reason, somehow escape collapsing pockets, uh, try and make something happen with his legs uh, has been really exciting to watch. Uh, my poor guy needs to hit the weight room a little bit and get some, get some <laughs> arm strength. Like yeah, somebody get him some, get him some, some, some spinach or something. He needs some milk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He needs something. He needs something to get the ball down the field a little bit further. Cause uh, my man is Houdini in the pocket though, bro. Facts, man. He, he's, he like, he, he's like a little, he's like a little mouse. He just kind of, you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, you're like, I got him this time. And he's all of a sudden he's like five yards. He's squirrely. To the left. He's, squirrely. <laughs> he's super squirrely, man. Yeah, facts, big facts. <laughs> um, I loved, so I loved, I loved that. Uh, that was fun. Obviously, the four game winning streak was uh, was a highlight. Uh, unexpectedly beating the the Bucks, uh, that was that was pretty special moment. Oh, what season. a great game! Um, and I think it, I think it really just goes to show you, you know, obviously you end seven and ten. That's not where you want to be. But uh, I think uh, when you beat a team like the Bucks, uh, uh, you know, it, it's like that shows you where the team could be. You know, potentially if if you have if you have everybody together. Um, you know, unfortunately, t- on the back half of the season, uh, that game against the Eagles and the Cowboys, we were sort of derailed completely by COVID uh, and by a combination of COVID and injuries, uh, mostly COVID, though. Um, and so, you, you know, you end up with you end up at seven and ten. But at least we beat the Giants. So there's that. Um, and uh, at least we're not uh, at least we're not the the Jaguars. Uh, I think we've got we've got pieces in place uh, that where to where like we've got a solid foundation that we can that we can build on going forward. Obviously, signing Terry McLaurin's a big priority. You want J- you're going to want JD McKissick back. Um, you're going to want uh, 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 I think next something to work on for next year. Uh, something that was a pr- that was uh, uh, the secondary play needs to be better. Um, I think it's, it'll be exciting to see uh, Landon Collins go out and, and perform in, in his adjusted role as sort of that what Ron Rivera calls a Buffalo nickel, um, you know, and assuming he comes back and recovers well from his injury. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm excited to see this this team sort of reset and come back into the, the season next year or next year. And uh, we'll see what we can do um, and we'll have a name. So so whoopee. Yeah, you'll finally have a name. <laughs> I, so you guys both know I'm like a huge um, off season draft draft Nick, and I'm, I'm all about that. Um, and we, I feel like quarterback is inevitably one of those positions that, as as a team, if you don't have one uh, as a rookie that you didn't invest in high draft picks or haven't traded for a big name um, or don't already have one in house, um, it'll be one of those things that always comes up as a need. Um, and so I'm I'm interest I'm interested you know looking forward to to, to next season you have a new name uh, like New Jersey is a whole new it, everything will he'll try to repackage it to be super fresh. Would you rather trade or acquire a, a, a more I'll say veteran quarterback or would you rather that the team invest a first round draft pick into um, a, a rookie, Lauren? I mean, which do you prefer personally? Yeah, I think, I think honestly, I'm leaning towards more of a vet, but um, I want I would by that and by that I mean, uh, but I still want us to draft a rookie. Um, I think I, I think it's it's hard, right? Because it's like we have, you feel like we feel like now we have pieces to win. So I don't want a guy to I don't want a rookie to come in and you know you can get light maybe lightning in a bottle like um, Justin Herbert, right? Where he comes in and just tears it up and and you know. 
and it, and, it, and is only better with the rookie, or you could try to get someone who you know what they are, right? So it's like, it's like, do we take the risk and know, you know, and, and there's a ten percent chance he pans out, or like, do we do we know we get what we get what we know what we pay for with like a Mitch Trubisky, right? And I'm not advocating for him, but you know what you're gonna get with Mitch, right? And you know what you know what he's gonna do, and you know you know what his strengths are, his weaknesses are. He's been in the league. He's he's a pretty smart guy. Like, do we go that route or do we go with a rookie? And I think what in my personal opinion, head coaches have two cards left when they're on the hot seat before they get fired. They have start a rookie quarterback or fire an offensive or defensive coordinator, right? So, and I think if Ron, knowing he's got two years left after he's got three years left going, I guess, going into this year, he'll probably draft a rookie, but I'd, I'd probably like to see us go something more experienced or see if we could get a trade. But knowing that we need to build and knowing that we need maybe a guy on a younger, a younger guy on a contract, they, they pro- uh, probably, they're probably going to go draft, but see the hard part is what free agent could you get, right? Do you really want a Mitch Trubisky or a Marcus Mariota, or would you rather just get a rookie at that point? Right. Well, so, I mean, you could, like you said, Derek Carr is a good option. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater might be available yeah. for the low. Jameis Winston. Yeah, Teddy. They um, all kind of strike me as like one-year dudes, though, right? Like just bridge quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, well, well, AJ, AJ. What, I mean, what do you what do you lean? What are you more privy to in in that situation? I mean, I, I think I think you take what you can get, right? I think uh, I think that you know I think it would be wise to draft a, a third string guy, um, you know, but I but I also think that. You know, it, the draft is a crapshoot. I don't, you know, you're past, we've seen time and time again that past success in college is no, no, no indicator for success in the NFL. Um, you know, Tom Brady was a fifth round pick or whatever, or sixth round pick or whatever. Like, you just, you really can't tell how that stuff's going to work out. Um, I would not, any, I would not want anybody less than Derek Carr. So Derek Carr is sort of my floor for, uh, for like free agent or trade, uh, trade prospects uh i don't want a teddy bridgewater i like teddy but I, he's he just can't stay on the field um james winston is not good enough mitch trubisky is not good enough uh i would i would like i and the reason i'm saying that is because i think taylor heineke is is better uh it, or as good or as be, or or better than those than those than those types of quarterbacks um so i don't think you know why why go out on a limb um and you know bring in somebody like Mitch Trubisky to be the guy when it's not clear you're really getting much of an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Like if you're going to, if you're going to go out and get someone, you're going to sign a free agent. You want to make sure that they're actually going to, going to do a pretty good job. Um, and you know, I, I agree with Lauren as well. Like you, you could see both. I could see us trying to make an off season quarterback acquisition and drafting a quarterback in the draft. You keep Taylor Heineke as your, as your two. Um, and then you've got, um, and then you, you know, you've got the, 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 the young guy can wear the clipboard for a while. Uh, and, and get his, you know, until he gets trained up and he's, and he's ready to be that guy. Um, you know, at least ideally that's what you would see, or at least, at least that's what I would hope for. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I like, no, I don't want to see Baker Mayfield in, in a, in a Washington Jersey. <laughs> I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky in a, in Washington Jersey. I uh, love you, Jameis, but I don't want to see you in Washington Jersey. Like you're, you're too, those, those are two, that's too middle tier. You're not getting enough, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, and so I think I think if if that's the case, I, I think one thing you could see is is uh, drafting a quarterback and then go riding t- Taylor Heineke in, into next season. Um, yeah. I you know if you don't if you don't make that that acqui- ac- uh, that big offseason acquisition because I think I feel like Taylor Heineke probably wants this enough that he's not going to let some rookie outplay him during training camp. Uh, right, and, and, and sort of have the experience, spot. you know. Exactly, and he's and yeah. he's already proven he can hold it down for a year. So I think. Um, <clears throat> 
I think there's a range of possibilities of what could happen. Um, but I don't like the idea of, of signing a middling quarterback uh, because I think Terrell Heineke has proven he's at least that good. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm of the ilk that Ron kind of learned his lesson bringing in Fitzpatrick the way he did. Um, and he's probably going to think, I either go someone with some upside in, the, in, in a potential trade, like Derek Carr would be a perfect one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Miami makes a move for someone like Watson or Wilson or Rodgers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Washington try to pull two away. Young guy. I mean, I still think he's he, he hasn't really been given a fair shot. Flores tried his best to do his thing. But the other thing I could see y'all doing is new name, uh, new outlook on the team, wanting a fresh face for a franchise. So I don't know. I, I, I could see Snyder pushing for someone like Desmond Ritter uh, out of Cincinnati. Tall, athletic, uh, got a hell of an arm, uh, can get the ball to Terry. Um, or someone in someone like um, a little bit later in the draft, like second, third round, Malik Willis, like you said, hold the clipboard, let him develop, no pressure, just someone fresh face for the franchise. So um, I, I I think you guys will draft one. Um, I don't think you'll draft one first round. I think you'll take one set, definitely in the second, like Willis or uh, Ritter might even – none of these quarterbacks this year really – stand out to me. Um, so only really desperate teams will take one in the first round, but I don't see you guys being one of those teams. Um, I see y'all landing someone like Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave uh, in the first round um, to take some of that pressure off and, and help open up the defense or the offense a little bit uh, for Gibson. But um, I'm excited for you guys as much as y'all are for next season. Cause um, you're only a couple pieces away from being, more competitive than you were this year. And you showed this year that when the team could actually come out and everyone can contribute that you can hang with some of the big dogs in the league. So um, hopefully next year will be better for y'all. As for me, as a Jets fan, I will say uh, my favorite part of the season was one was the early win over the Tennessee Titans. Cause in hindsight, we did not deserve that win uh, at all against the number one seed in the AFC. Um, But being there was awesome. And, uh, Having getting Wilson back uh, from his injury and seeing him just absolutely switch up his gameplay and you know ter- get rid of all the turnovers that he had at the beginning of the season and seeing his growth um, that was super exciting. Uh, was not a fan was not a fan of the whole quarterback carousel that we had for a while because of Wilson's injury. Uh, that was painful. Was not a fan of the Colts and Broncos and Patriots uh, like three game losing streak we had where the defense clearly showed what what we had to bring to the table um you know we we weren't able to hide some of our weaknesses but i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to next uh to the off season and next season because we've got like what is it five picks in the first hundred or something like, like five or six picks in the first in the top hundred um we've got 55 million in cap space to use so uh joe douglas has already said that he's going to be hella aggressive we're going to be making it rain um, I'm, I'm, I'm praying to, to, and it, I don't know if you guys have noticed this on my Twitter, but I am not a fan of the Derek Stingley, uh, cornerback out of LSU. I think if you guys remember D Milner out of Alabama, we drafted him ninth overall in like the 2013, 12 draft, something like that. Did not, did not play more than like 36 snaps for us. Cause he was just always injured. And I think Derek Stingley is another one of those guys that everybody wants to tout his 2019 tape when he was a true freshman and like went on an absolute tear. 
and just wants to forget the fact that he's been unable to stay on the field the last two seasons. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that we we come, you know, Joe Douglas comes to his senses and we can nab someone like Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati or Trent McDuffie out of Washington, someone who's a little bit more consistent and proven and still a good cornerback. This is really deep cornerback class, by the way, guys. I'll get into that at one point uh, in the offseason, but really deep cornerback class. Um, pretty good top top tier wide receiver talent as well for for Washington to look at. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for these young guys that we're bringing along. So um, honestly, four and four and thirteen for us is uh, is about where I had us. I didn't think we we're going to be that great. Rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator, and all that. Um, we we looked a bit more competitive than I was expecting at the end. Looked uncompetitive in the first half of the season. Not surprised. So. Uh, overall, just I'm I'm happy to see the growth that the Jets had, and I'm looking forward to continuing to see these young guys grow on the offense. Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, hoping to bring in the tight end. So we'll see what happens, but I'm 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 stoked heading into the season, or heading into off season, and going from there. Um, Eric, what did you think o- of uh, Salah's performance? <laughs> you know, I thought I thought Salah um, showed his rookiness uh, as a head coach in the first half of the season. I mean, he was just between time management and making certain like adjustments, he would, he would take too long or he would be over aggressive with the adjustments. Um, and towards the end of the season, you could tell that he was getting a grip of it. Ulbrich was taking on some more of the responsibilities as a defensive coordinator, um, opening up the chance for Salah to see the game as more wide open eyes instead of just trying to touch the defense and micromanage it, I think. And it showed, and then they moved LaFleur up to the, um, to the booth. And I thought that was a smart move by Salah. He didn't want to do it at first. And I get it. You know, you're, you're all three of you are learning as two coordinators and a head coach. Um, but you got to put your guys in the best position to, to win. And I think um, Salah was able to, to show that he can, he can take the criticism and he can swallow those lumps and make the proper adjustments. And it shows in the second half of the season. So um, I'm stoked to see what, what he brings to the table next year. I think he's changed the culture in one season already, which is super exciting. Um, so I, I'm stoked to see where he goes next year. To me, he's like Rex Ryan minus the the boisterousness, um, and it, like his his defense isn't as prolific yet. But I think he can he can be one of those great coaches too. I mean, so. you got to be happy about super those first exciting. round picks you got. Yes, sir. You already know. Yeah, you got those uh, the, uh, that steal for Jamal Adams, greatest safety in the league, and then you know yep. you got all those picks. Now you got those <laughs> those two high first round picks. That's got to be you got to you got to be grinning near to ear. Man, what we got the number four and the tenth. Oof, I'm salivating at the bit. You guys got the eleventh pick right after us, so um, there there is there was. Tr- it's very like speculative, but there's an idea that Washington might want to trade up to four with the Jets. Um, Cause you guys want like uh, one of the top offensive linemen, um, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> either way. So super stoked for that. But um, Lauren, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to pivot real quick to something else. So this season we had 18 weeks in the regular season uh, because we had 17 regular season games, one extra game as opposed to the last season and all the seasons prior to that where there were 16. Um, Lauren, you brought up, you know, you brought up the topic of stats so, yeah, and breaking records. It was my shout out to my sister, Aaron, for listening. It was, she texted me and said, can you guys discuss this? Because it's, I think that, I think that um, there should be an asterisk by there um, when they break a record because they've had an extra game to do it. 
She said that, um, can you add this as a hot take uh, for your research? It's ridiculous that individual players and NFL records are being changed by players who have an extra game of stat of stats to take to, to take the record, an extra game to take the record this season of, of all of this season and all future 17 game seasons should deserve an asterisk in the record book. And I think that's a fair point. You know, I was looking at TJ Watts sort of uh, when he broke the sack record, you know, and in my mind I said, well, what if Michael Strahan had a whole extra game to play? You know, like what if, what if he were able to to play, you know, what if there was an extra game he could get healthy and then play and you know, how many sacks would he have? So my, she kind of wanted to bring it up, but it kind of, you know, I thought about that when I saw that this week as well. So it was just interesting when right. she texted me. So I wanted to know what you guys kind of thought and if there should be kind of in the record books, you know, kind of an asterisk going forward that, hey, these guys did this in 17 games and these guys did this in 16 games or less. Yeah, I mean, I'll toss it to AJ first to kick it off because I know he, he he brought up some good points too. Yeah, no, I think I think that's definitely true. I, you know, to be honest with you, like I get I, I get the sense that like part of this is driven by like the desire for this for the news media or to, for the sports media and like for uh for the you know the nfl wants things to sound exciting or whatever so it's right. like, oh record breaking season yeah and then like the media is like oh yeah this is the this is the single season record of of what's you know yards or whatever now and it's like it's like well yeah but you guys gave them a whole extra game it's like one thing right. when it's like you know the era back when they were playing like 12 game seasons or whatever versus a 16 game season like okay yeah but like like for for instance, Justin um, Justin Jefferson was 17 yards away from breaking Randy Moss's single season yards record last game, but it's like he had a whole extra game to do it. Like, why are we? We're not surprised by this, are we? Like, I don't, right. I don't know, man. It, uh, on the other hand, some of those records really are records that like you just it's going to be hard to beat even with 17 games. You know, uh, like you know how many 2,000 yard rushers are you going to have? Uh, I was gonna you know, say even with the 17 game season, like it's still pretty difficult. Was, it's still um, a lot. Look how great Randy was just to have that record in 16 games, and it took Justin Jefferson a whole extra game to get it. I mean, that's just incredible yeah. when you think about. I feel like when you think about it, to get close, and he didn't break it. Yeah. He didn't break it. So, because uh, yeah. Mike Zimmer's a jerk, but like the, <laughs> uh, but like it's. I think I think it's, but you all, at the same time, like just to just to give credence to like the other side of the debate insofar as there is another side to this debate uh like i think it's fun and it's fun to like look at like to be able to compare side by side right to be like oh wow randy moss did this in 16 games like it's still didn't get beat even with 17 games and like you could put justin jefferson in conversation with randy moss in that in that respect you know i think that's i think that's fun and it's worth it's a worthy exercise to to like give uh you know to help give um you know, give, give guys like Randy Ross the roses, uh, you know, just by making a straight comparison. But yeah, I mean, like, like none of that is, none of that overcomes the, the obviously like the salient original point, which is just like, Hey, he had a whole extra game. Like maybe we should probably address that in some way, shape or form. Right. And it's interesting that you bring that up to like, in my opinion, because like all, obviously the NFL and the media eats up all the offensive stats, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like all of those are are consistently being talked about and written about and looked forward to and the graphics and all that. But like if we think about, you know, one extra game for for a defensive player, like TJ Watt broke the single season single season or he tied it or he I'm pretty sure he tied it. Um the single season sack record, right? But Lauren mentioned it earlier. He missed games, so he wasn't even—he didn't even get to play all the games. 
So the one game is kind of like negated for that sense. And then you have Trayvon Digg, who was on an absolute tear for interception. And I think the season record is like 14. And that's been held since like the 50s or the 60s. Like it's been a hot minute since someone got that high up. And he's finishing the season with 17 games at 11. So it's like, sure, I, I, I think I think at first to start the baseline, there should be some like caveat, like a like an asterisk or something like, oh, seven, 17 game season. Um, and then at one point, just like these other, like agent was saying, like the 16 versus 12 game stuff, like that'll all fade away after like a decade or so. And these new stats will, these new records will be nigh unbreakable and stuff like that. Well, but the NFL is going to push towards 18 games soon. I mean, they're just, they just are, geez. that's going to happen at some point. They're going to take another, another preseason game and they're going to push toward for 18 games. That'd be my guess. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, if they, if they end up doing that, then. Like, does the is the asterisk for the seventeen game season even important? Like, because then you'll you know next thing you know we'll be pushing for like I don't know twenty games or something like that. Just get rid of the preseason, increase the roster max, so you can have more of those like undrafted free agent guys on the on the team, and just come out with like a roster of instead I don't know fifty fifty six players is it something like that. You just come out with a roster of like seventy two, <laughs> you know, uh, just so you have more bodies, but. Uh, I, you know, I think it's on, on one side of it, my, my only argument is like these players can only last so long. And we saw it all this season where like between COVID and just physical, physical, um, wear and tear, like these guys can't hang the whole season. And sure. Like a lot of, like some of these guys will be able to go for records and break, break them and set new ones and whatnot. But then you'll also get guys that are just won't be able to hang the whole season. And that'll be a shame to see too, you know? So that's where I'm at with it, but it's it's definitely a good um, a good debate, good good debate to have. Uh, no, it's interesting, and, it, and it's an interesting topic because, like you said, well, so I was sitting here thinking um, the the argument in my head is that TJ, you said TJ Watt played uh, only, I think he think he played 16 of the 17, but if he if it was, was like last year or the year before, if he played the uh, you know if it was still only 16 games, he wouldn't have had the 17th game to get it right. Like right. the, that extra game to, to come back and things like that. So that's just kind of, I don't know. That was just, uh, you know, it's a good point I thought to, to think about. And it's, uh, it's also kind of crazy to think about the, the, what I said earlier about how there were records set in 16 games that some of these guys haven't touched or players haven't touched in Still a long time. And so that'll just be interesting to see going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it, I'll I'm I'm I'll be curious to to touch this topic again, like if they increase it to eighteen games, and just see like like a guy like Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor in eighteen games, two thousand yards might be a lot easier too. You know, we might see that more often, so you never know. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on, uh, especially on some of these more historic records. Um, see how they stand up against the test of time. Um. And that we're not even talking about over the span of careers either. Like, like you know, like no one's come even close to touching Jerry Rice's records, right? As a receiver, eighteen games, they might be able to cut that time, they cut that that lead down by a lot, you know. So, well, the other thing, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the other thing, just huh? one, just the last closing point I was sitting here thinking about is the, um, you know, we talk about maybe getting to sixteen or maybe maybe catching it is, but you know, maybe in that eighteen game span, their bodies can't hang, hang hold on for the whole thing. 
you know, mm-hmm. maybe towards the end, their bodies start to fade. And that's just because of the wear and tear of the NFL and how well, just the brutal, the sport of the game, you know, you push them to 18, that's going to, it's going yep. to take some toll. It's going to take a toll, start taking tolls. And maybe that's why these guys can't get it is because in 16 games, it might be a little bit easier to stay healthy than, than for all 18. But anyway, that was my final point yeah. I was sitting here thinking about, but we can, we can, we can move on. <laughs> Well, we'll move on, stay in the NFL, but we'll def- we can move on to the playoff matchups that we have going into this weekend. Um, so the number one seeds uh, all get rests this 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 weekend. So that'll be the number one Tennessee Titans, who actually get Derrick Henry back, which is a pretty big deal. Um, and then, of course, the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers or whatever the fuck they are. Um, they're number one. So yay for them. He's probably off, I don't know, hanging out with horses and reading fucking dumb books or whatever but um in the meantime we'll have other great matchups starting on saturday afternoon uh we're in the raiders play the cincinnati Bengals. um uh, as lauren and aj alluded to Derek carr on a tear with the raiders despite like a hell of a season that they've had um off the field as much as on um and you got my boy joe burrow leading the Bengals. you guys already know i'm gonna go with the Bengals on this uh, I think Joe's just gonna fucking tear it up, uh, honestly. But uh, AJ, who 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 are you liking here? Vegas Raiders or Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I mean, look, my head's my head's telling me that it's gonna be the the Bengals, uh, but for my gut tells me it's gonna be a closer game than we think it would be. It would it should be. You have a scrappy Raiders team here, who are able to muscle their way into the playoffs in the in a heck of a game against the uh, the Chargers last week, uh, where we just gentlemen we just missed. We just missed our dream scenario of them tying uh, and both getting into the playoffs. Uh, so that was that was it was worth watching just to see if that was going to happen. And oh, we were man. so close. We almost they had dangled it. it in front of us. Like yeah, they did. And if the Chargers hadn't called that timeout, they would have. The Raiders said that they would have kneeled it, and they would have they would have both gone in. That would have been amazing. Oh. I would have loved that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, alas, here we are. We just have the we we only have the uh, the Raiders in here. Um, I think they're a scrappy team, and I think they're going to do their best to stick around. But ultimately, I, I don't. I just don't see how that they have much of an answer for, um, you know, uh, Joe Burrow and and uh, who's the who's their young boy, Jamar Chase? Yeah, I mean, I, I Joe guess Mixon, Chase. Joe Mixon too. Joe Mixon's tearing it up too. Yeah, and T Higgins. Mm-hmm. T Higgins. Yep. Yeah, I, I just I think there's too many offensive weapons there, and and uh, you know, the. Uh, the Raiders have been able to put up points and have, have been able to get some yards, uh, but I just don't think they'll be able to keep up with with Joe Bar- Burrow, who's playing Super Saiyan right now. Lauren, yeah, I see the um, so the Cincinnati is five uh, five point. Um, uh, they're they're the the spread is the fa- favorite for them by five and a half. Uh, the money line's minus two forty for them. The over under forty nine. Yeah, I think since he I think since he wins this, I think they'd run away with it a little bit here. Um, I think it's. I think like AJ said, it's a little close at first, but I think that that um, Joe Burrow just kind of steps up in these moments. You know, he's kind of his kind of his persona. That's just how he kind of is, and I think he's going to step. Yeah. I think this might be his coming out party in a way where he makes a little bit of a run here in the playoffs, and until he he, he runs into run, they run into a team, and but I think here he I think he gets his his win here. But I, I you know AJ I think AJ my gut's kind of telling me the same thing that this is kind of going to be a closer game than maybe maybe most people think, but. I think the I think the Cincinnati takes it. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those close games that comes down to the wire. Super exciting to kick off the playoffs, but um, it, I, like you said, Joe Joe's just that guy. He like elevates his team um, in those moments. We saw it in LSU 
Um, and I think we'll see it for this first time that he has a chance to play in the playoffs. So um, that's going to be a great game, especially to start off the playoffs. Um, that game will be followed up by the Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, New England will be traveling up to Buffalo uh, to play, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lauren, you, can you confirm that for me? Yes, are they correct. playing in Buffalo? You are correct. Okay. It's uh, who be, you got in this matchup? It's going to be four degrees. The, the The game time weather right now is four degrees. Um, let's see here. Uh, it's supposed to be super snowy. Um, Ooh. Uh, I, it's, it's the rumor mill. I'm checking the weather right now, actually, to see what snowball snowball. Oh rematch. yeah. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to snow <laughs> all this week up until they play Saturday night, right? Yeah. Saturday night. And then, yep. Saturday night. Oh my lord! It's supposed to get as low as negative one. Feel like negative one out there. Good um, grief. So yeah, the they've the the Vegas has the spread is minus four in favor of the Bills. Uh, minus money line minus two hundred for the Bills over under forty four. Um, man, you know in this in this bad weather, you know, uh, Bill Belichick rolled up there and whooped them before. So you know, in my mind, I'm kind of wondering if you know, and you know, Bill Belichick. You said it earlier. Um, in, in one of our earlier pods, of Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is always in his bag for these games, right? Like he's yep. always able to to some to pull this out, pull one pull one out against them. But I think he might he might do another one of those six pass attempts games. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna lean towards Buffalo. I think that they've. I think they're gonna come out and they just have a better team. And 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 you know they're at home. I think they just. I think they come out and they beat them. But I think I think it I think it's kind of uh, kind of going to be a close, get closer game than we think. I don't think it'll be very high scoring, um, but I think Buffalo is going to do enough to 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 beat the to beat the Pats this time around. AJ, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's tough to it's tough to bet bet against Belichick in a game like this. You know, we saw him come out last time and and just in the strange weather and smack Buffalo in the mouth. Uh, you know, with the running game and his strategic calculations were correct. Uh, but I think in this case, uh, well, I guess it, it could depend on how bad that snow is, to be honest with you. Because if the if the Bills p- uh, passing game isn't able to get off the ground because of the weather, uh, then I think you could see a similar result to the to the that earlier ugly game that they had before. Um, but assuming that he can he can pass the ball, um, assuming that he can pass the ball, I don't think it'll be a problem. I think uh, I think the the Bills will probably take it. I'm kind of banking on the on the game uh, being being somewhat similar, in, like in situation to the to that one snowball matchup that they had earlier in the season. But McDermott this time coming out and going, "Fuck you, Bill. We're ready for this," and just like smacking them in the mouth. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going with Buffalo. I just I think here's here's the other thing. I don't think there's ever been a rookie quarterback that has won a Super Bowl. So um, and I and I don't think that's for no reason. It, you know. Rookie at some point, Mac Jones is going to be asked to lead a team. Um, so whether it's against Buffalo or further in the playoffs, he just won't be able to do it because he's a rookie. That's just how that goes. You don't have the experience, my guy. Go eat a dick. Moving forward to the next game. <laughs> You're uh, such a hater, bro. <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> uh, Sunday, Sunday, we have a 1 p.m. game. This is the San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um San Francisco will be traveling to Dallas to play. Um, and you know what? I think I think this is going to be hey, – Lauren, you wanted to talk about uh, potential underdogs that, that can uh, pull out a win. Yeah. I think this is it. I think – and me included, I think this is a 49ers team that is heavily slept on. I've slept on them. I did not expect them to make it this far. Um, they're grittier than they look. 
Garoppolo played a lot better than I anticipated he would um, to get them into the playoffs. And this, like, the Cowboys' offense kind of seems lost in a, a bit. Um, sure, they, they might have had, a, like, a tune-up game against the, the Eagles, and that's why they kept all the starters in so long. Uh, but Mike McCarthy can always find a way to fuck this up. And, <laughs> and they're not they're not convincing me enough. Like, Dallas is getting close to that point where it's undeniable to consider them like a, a consistent contender at this point. Um, but I don't think, I don't think they have enough to get past someone like, um, Shanahan, like McCarthy's definitely can definitely get outcoached by Shanahan. Um, and I think it's, it's probably what's going to happen. Um, I think that Dallas offense is going to come out flat against the sneaky, good 49ers defense and Cowboy fans will, as per usual, be disappointed. So that's my pick. AJ, who you got? Yeah, actually, I, I don't think Dallas has beat a team that's above 500 all year. Um, so I so I, I have to go with the 49ers on this one. Um, like, it, they've proven time and time again that anytime you put a team that's halfway competent out there in front of them, that they choke. Um, and moment's they, too big. Yeah, moment's too big. Not really an athlete. Just here for the <laughs> uniforms. Didn't know how to play football. <laughs> and, uh, like – they just they just find a way to lose. I, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Because like you on paper and like you've seen some of spectacular plays that the Cowboys' offense has made throughout the year. Yep. But like they for some for whatever reason when when they got someone in front of them that that's not just going to go away, you know, in in a, in a possession or two, they just can't seem to put it together. So I got to go with the 49ers on this one. Yeah. No, they tend to fold and uh, you know fall to their knees like their mamas. So. <laughs> No, I think, Lord. yeah, so the Cowboys are only va- favored in this game by three, and I think that's the closest spread. Ooh, that's a close of, game right there. Uh, the closest spread all, yep, that's the closest spread for this entire weekend. So even Vegas is thinking, and they only get in the minus that's three. Crazy. They're only getting the minus three because they're, they're playing at home. So that's like a, that's a, that's, that's a gentleman's agreement where you get the minus three when you're playing at home, really, unless you're like the Jaguars. But anyway, um, so they're, but the money line's minus 170. Uh, the over under is 50, uh, the over is 51. And I, I, you know, Eric, I think I think you summed it up best is the 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 mix of how good the 49ers defense is and how stagnant the Dallas's offense has been. Even in the beginning of that Eagles game, because I watched it, it just was ugly at first. And then the Eagles started pulling people, and so did the Cowboys. So then the Cowboys kind of Cowboys kept Dak Dakin and Cooper in for a really long time, and Zeke yeah. as well, um, longer than I thought they would. So. I think that you're right. They were getting uh, criticism kind of, for that too. Yeah, I think that you're kind of right. This was going to be probably going to be the one game where I could see an upset brewing. Is is these for this 49ers team um, was going to be my upset pick as well. Um, I just think yeah. that the uh, that Kyle Shanahan is just such a good coach. Um, I mean, his offense is just so dynamic, and they play so they they play so well off each other, and they uh, they. Um, you know, like, and I think the momentum of them just whooping the Rams, right? Like them just coming back and, and beating the Rams down yeah. 17 in overtime. Um, I think they're just going to come out ready to play. That's the other thing, right? Like um, AJ kind of AJ kind of hinted at it too, or said it that you know that teams that smack come out and smack Dallas in the mouth, you know, they tend to have struggle responding to them at times. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think the 49ers are going to come out and punch them in the mouth. And I think. Um, I think that the uh, I think that the Cowboys are are gonna have trouble responding. That offensive line is gonna be different yeah. than than the last couple offensive lines the uh, um, the Cowboys have played. So you know they've the, the Cowboys have played play in the last five games have played the the Washington Football Team, the New York Giants, 
Washington football team, Arizona, who they lost to, and then Philadelphia, right? So they played some cupcakes oh, down shit. the cupcakes down the stretch compared to this 49ers team that is scrappy as all get out and and has been, yeah. and has gone on a Super Bowl run and it can come out and punch teams in the mouth. And so I think that that if Dallas isn't if Dallas doesn't come out ready, they're gonna get they're gonna get beaten by this 49ers team. So that's that's kind of my yeah. two cents on it. Yeah, no, definitely one of those games to games to watch. And something else that I guess people like, especially I'm going to include myself in this group that we forget about is the San Francisco is in such a tough division. I mean, the NFC West is no cupcake. Like it's not a walk in the park. Um, the worst team in that division right now, the Seahawks, and they have Russell Wilson. <laughs> so, it's the first year they haven't made the playoffs. It's the first year they made the playoffs since Russell Wilson started at quarterback in 2012. This is the That's first year, nuts. and in this first year, they don't have a winning record. I think too. I may, yeah. I might, that might not be, that might be a stretch, but it's been, it's, you know, they don't lose very many games. So that division, and what yeah. the two other teams in that division made it too, I think, right? The uh, yeah. Cardinals yeah. and the Rams. Cardinals like, and the Rams. It's just like that. That is, it's just no. It's it, a tough it, division. It's, <laughs> it's a tough division. It's hard to win there, and it's amazing they got in with with the Cardinals and the Rams in their division as well. But uh, to clarify one thing, Eric, is, is you said yeah. this was the one o'clock game. This was the four thirty game. The one o'clock game is the Eagles versus the Bucks. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, and, and so let's pivot back to that confused. game. Uh, Eagles, Eagles versus Bucks is the one o'clock. 49ers versus Cowboys is the four o'clock game. But the one o'clock game, the Eagles versus Bucks is. Um, all right, I'm going go another tangent real quick, but I think the Eagles. Are another one of those teams that could potentially be a, be a surprise, uh, a surprise upset here. I mean, the Bucks are playing; um, their defense is you know doing enough. It's kind of like uh, banged up. Uh, they get Shaquille Barrett back, but they they put Richard Sherman on on. Uh, he's done for the postseason, um, but they don't have they don't have Chris Godwin. He's gone. Knee's gone. AB just pulled an AB thing and quit on the team. Uh, he was just released, so you got Mike Evans by himself, Rob Gronkowski, and you're you're praying to God that um, Ronald Jones and and Co can do enough to support Tom Brady. Um, and I think we've seen it all season. Philadelphia is scrappy; they've been they can put up a fight when they keep their starters in. Um, Jalen Hurts won't pick you apart with his passes, but he'll tear you apart with his legs. Uh, he's Lamar Jackson light. Um, so I think this is another game where. Surprise, surprise, another upset. Uh, Philly goes into Tampa and pulls one out. Um, but AJ's looking a little, 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 little unsure of my, my, my call here. What, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I think, I don't know. I think that's, I think it's kind of a good point, but I think Philly's defense is nowhere near good enough to contain Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, so I, I just, I, 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 Tom Brady's done more with less uh, all those years he spent in, in New England. Uh, oh, yeah, is that true? Winning, <laughs> winning games with like West, the right. ghost of Wes Wilker, uh, a mummy uh, that's held together by duct tape, uh, and a Scooby Doo villain. Um, like he, he just he, he that's what that's how he does. That's what he does. Uh, he's used to it. So I think he'll be able to put together enough to to win the game. Orin, what you got? Yeah, it's my kind of my you know kind of like there's a rule of don't bet against. Um... Mike Tomlin, I kind of have my own rule where it's like I don't really bet against Tom Brady till he loses. So like, you know, um, if he, you know, I, I don't really think. And he he proved me wrong last year. I picked the Chiefs to win. The, I picked the Chiefs to to whoop up on him, and he proved me wrong. He kind of goes into this mode, or that he kind of he proved it. I feel like last year they looked uh, people had kind of had I felt like had them as a question mark last year, and he just kind of flipped a switch, and it was like, all right, we'll figure this out. Like 
that's fine. We're just we're just gonna figure this out. So I think they'll do that here. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout though. Um, they have the spread here is uh, minus eight and a half in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Money lines minus four twenty, over under forty nine. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Um, I think it'll be closer than people think, and I think um, I think that they'll. Uh, They'll keep it close, and I think that that uh, hurts, right? It's like you said, he can kind of he can kill you with his legs, and he can make the throws yeah. when he needs to. Um, and they've got that deep threat uh, with Devontae Smith. You know, he he's he had an okay. You know, he got he's kind of getting overshadowed, but uh, he had an okay rookie season as well. So I think that the yeah. Eagles, I think the Eagles will keep it close, and I think they'll keep it interesting. You know, they always have Fletcher Cox on that defense, and he's always been a big disruptor. Um, so if he has a big day, maybe, I mean, maybe they steal one. So I, I think you're right, Eric, though, in a sense where this could, I could see this being an upset brewing as well, but I just, I just yeah. don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, um, until he loses. So then I'm like, all right, well, I won't pick him anymore because he's yep. out. So, you know, it's just kind of my, <laughs> it's kind of my number one rule of thumb and I've, I have a winning record so far. So, you know, it just kind of. Yeah, can't blame me yeah yeah so, i mean he's the goat for a reason yeah, anyways, right? yeah, yeah exactly so but but um yeah that was kind of my those that, those are kind of my two cents i but like i said i think i could see the the eagles the, if they keep it close you know who knows because if they keep running the ball they try to be ball dominant possession kind of things like that like the football team kind of did to to them this year um, their defense makes just enough plays they might have a shot at winning it late so nope we'll I'm, yeah. I'm calling this some blowout uh, <laughs> yeah, the Eagles can't catch passes anyway. Uh, so that's true. Big. <laughs> I, I can't confirm. I can't confirm those Eagles receivers cannot catch a pass. Uh, Devontae Smith, I'm talking about you. You let me down in fantasy. Okay. <laughs> uh, if so, if I'm not mistaken, the Sunday night game will be between the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Yep. Uh, look, I know we try not to bet against Mike Tomlin. I should especially not because I didn't have him coming into the playoffs at all. I... Yeah, yeah, here we are. Lauren did. I did, was not even dreaming it. Um, but here I stand corrected on my toilet bowl of shame. Um, I, however, believe that the Chiefs will remember that they stomped these, these, uh, Steelers like by 30 plus points, uh, a few weeks back and we'll proceed to do the same. <laughs> Lauren, you have any uh, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I didn't think they'd make the uh, I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, but I think I thought they would win their last game of the season, which would give them a shot to make the playoffs. And then the Colt and then the the Colts with the uh, the worst probably pissed down my leg, biggest pissed down my leg moment of the of the season, uh, helped them out a lot. And um, and obviously the tie, the the ultimate tie didn't work either. But uh, so yeah, the the Kansas City Chiefs are twelve and a half favorites. The money line's minus eight hundred, and the over under is forty six and a half. So yeah, Vegas is giving Pittsburgh zero chance of winning this. Really, uh, I think that um, Eric kind of alluded to it. Pittsburgh's kind of been a mess all year, but Mike Tomlin's amazing, and um, the duct tape he has could hold together the world. Uh, so you know, I think he's been able to like get this together. And this is going to be – it's kind of going to be an ugly game, I think. I feel like it's going to just kind of be like a, a one-legged person in ass-kicking contest. You know, it's just going to oh, be ugly. No. Like, it's just going to be, like, hideous. So, I just don't know if uh, – I, I, I think that the Kansas City is just going to, like, run away, run away with it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's about my two cents. Hey, yo, we're going to have to get Erica oxygen mask. <laughs> can't breathe. <laughs> He said, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> I've asked a one-legged person and asked <laughs> It's just ugly. It's like, no, it's going to, like, then we're going to have our TVs turned off by half time, oh, I feel like. <laughs> he had to pull out the inhaler. 
Oh my god. Oh, oh shit. Uh AJ, um oh you already did you already uh sorry, I completely lost my line just No, now. no, no. Uh, I haven't given my prediction yet, but it's not gonna on. be any different from Lawrence. The I mean, Kansas City Chiefs you, you destroy them. You set the rule, man. You set the rule, AJ. I did. I did set the rule. It has never been against Mike Tomlin, but in this case, uh, I'm sorry, but Mike Tomlin <laughs> has no chance. The ghost oh, no. of, uh, not the ghost, but Ben Roethlisberger's corpse uh, is, you know, shambling back there as quarterback. Uh, <laughs> like, he's just not. <laughs> I think it would be funny to watch and see if Ben, like, has another moment where he face plants. Um I, I think that would be fun. I think it would be fun to see um, uh, uh, who's it, Deontay Johnson. Like it would be great to, to see him go off. Like oh, I would yeah. love to see that happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, but let's be honest, they just don't have what it takes to compete with a with a fully functioning Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and uh, you know, of course, of course, you know, you know, the Watts and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the Watt brothers, uh, you know, are always good. And and one of them is is playing for the Steelers. So. Uh, you know, you could see some fun, some moments with with Patrick Mahomes trying to escape from him, but uh, but for the most part, I just don't, I don't foresee any of that stuff happening. But I, I got the Chiefs by a million. Chiefs by a mile. There you go. Well, I, winding down the uh, the playoff weekend, we have a phenomenal Monday night matchup as the Arizona Cardinals, who were my dark horse to win the Super Bowl this year, play against the Los Angeles Rams, who were Lawrence choice to win the Super Bowl this season. Um so me and him will be having an interesting matchup on Monday. But um I'm I'm gonna toss it over to the to the to the neutral party here to start. AJ, uh who you got? Yeah man this one's tough, right? And it's an exciting matchup too. You've got two of the highest flying offenses in the NFL uh going at it. Now the Cardinals have been stumbling recently due to lots of uh lots of racked up injuries, a little bit of dysfunction there. Turns out that uh, Kyler Murray uh, is not able to carry the entire uh, the entire squad. Uh, he is not yet, uh, you know, Ant Man or anything. Uh, I'm sure he might get there. He might get there, but he's, you know, for now those little legs uh, can only hold up, uh, you know, I would I would estimate roughly 50% of the offense. Uh, so he does in fact need uh, the big hands of a uh, DeAndre Hopkins or something down there at the at the other end catching passes. My man um, out here running around like a bad ten year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Super Mario hit holding the D button down, baby. Uh, so like, I think I think I'm gonna give this one. To, I'm 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 gonna take the Rams here on. Uh, I'm gonna give them the edge. Uh, if the if the Cardinals hadn't been stumbling recently or and or were fully functioning, then I would probably give it to them. But in this case, I think uh, the offensive star power of the Rams, uh, fully putting together, you know, your OBJ with your Matt Stafford. I think that finally get that they finally get the uh, the job done. Uh, you know, shout out to Cooper Cup as well. Uh, so I, I think the Rams get the job done here. Uh, I think it'd be close. It could be a lot, a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Um, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they, maybe the Cardinals can steal one there. But I, I think I, I'm, if I have, if I had to pick one, and I usually feel like I do, I'm going with the Rams. Uh, Lauren, how about you? Yeah, no. Um, Eric alluded to it. I'm going to stand on my high ground here, or my ground here, and go with uh, the Rams as well. Um, not just. Uh, mainly is because I picked him to go on a run and I know Eric picked the Arizona to go on a run. So I'm hoping he, st- he stands <laughs> on his ground too. So that way it just makes a little bit kind of fun there. We can trash talk a little bit as the game goes on. But um, I think that the, the, the Rams, I think they've, they've added, they added key players on their defense late in the season. And I think that, and they've added a key offensive player late in the season as well with the Odell Beckham jr. And I think that they're going to going to, um, 
I think they're going to, and I think they added um, uh, Vaughn Miller. That's the other guy they added on defense. That's what I was trying to say. His name was trying to say, and I think that they finally meshed. And I think that offense has meshed a little bit with Odell. I think he caught a touchdown pass in like a couple straight games, five or six. Um, I think that defense has finally figured itself out. You know, I think the first game with Vaughn Miller, they lost back loss, but they've been able to been able to hold teams to to limited amount of points. And Cooper Cup, you just can't guard him. Um, and then there's OBJ too. So like. Go ahead and take away Cooper Cup. You've got OBJ running routes, and he fits in that offense so much better. So I think that, that they're just going to be a little bit too much for Arizona to handle. Um, uh, Vegas has the uh, Rams as the favorite at minus four. Money line's minus 200 over unders at 49 and a half. So I think that the, I think I think it might be a little bit close at first, and maybe it's a high scoring game, but I think LA does enough in the end to, to win it. Eric, I think, I think we all know where you're going, but where are you leaning? You could surprise us. No, no, I'm gonna stick to my guns here. Um, I think I think AJ AJ alluded to a huge issue that Arizona has is that they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's been shut down for the season now, but um, I think this is I think at this point in the season, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler have to get together and go. You know what? We gotta we gotta start feeding some of these other guys that we have on the roster. I mean, they have Rondale Moore, who's one of the most exciting rookie wide receivers in. in in last year's draft, haven't utilized them at all, nearly as much. Christian Kirk just has just completely disappeared. Uh, moments too big for him. And then we all know where – I'm pretty sure A.J. Green has been, like, in a doghouse ever since he didn't turn around to catch a pass, <laughs> like, fucking 10, year, 10 weeks ago. So When the world needed him most, he vanished. <laughs> he vanished. He pulled, a, he pulled an avatar on us. Yeah. Um, but I think I – think you know, I think this defense for Arizona is going to try and force Matthew Stafford into doing uh, what he's been doing all like randomly throughout the season, and that's coughing up the ball in like the most kind of mind-numbingly dumb way. Um, and and I think that's just because Matthew Stafford is being put in a position where he's being asked to do more of what he was doing in Detroit, but at a higher level, and it's it's unnatural to him. Like he just. He's not used to having a Cooper Cup. He's not used to having an Odell Beckham Jr. So, you know, I think for Matt, sometimes it's he's over-trusting who he has at wide receiver and over-believing in himself. And I think Arizona might take advantage of this. Uh, Buda Baker's still in the backfield there. Um, they still got they still got a couple athletic guys. Um, they got the rookie linebacker there who they're finally putting back out into the mix. Um, Zane Collins, I think is his name, something like that. Um and um, I think I think they they come out this week hungry, prepared, and just ready to go. And I think they they surprise Los Angeles and they come out with a dub. And if not, at least one of us walks out victorious. <laughs> um, but I, either way, I think I, for a Monday night game, I think it's gonna be freaking phenomenal. Um, yeah, I will say Matt Stafford has the most Brett Favre energy of like any quarterback in the NFL right now. So like, yeah, if anybody facts. can come out and like give you six touchdowns and seven interceptions in a single game, it'll be him. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. He'll throw Facts. for four touchdowns and two interceptions or something wild mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, yeah. it's like, it, it, I think I said this before the podcast, what offense or what, 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 what Matt Stafford are you going to get? Are you going to get the five touchdown Matt Stafford? Or are you going to get the, the two touchdown, three interception Matt Stafford? So, you know, right. it's, and that's, that's been the big question mark for that, for me, for that offense. So looks like the Packers will play the winners of the Bucks Eagles game. And, uh, Looks like, or they play the lowest seed. It's one of the two. Um, 
right? Is it they play the lowest? Yeah, seed? The lowest they seed. play the lowest yeah. seed. Okay, so they just play the lowest seed. Who's next? That's right, because it's all it's all one now. So we'll see yeah. who play who comes out as the lowest seed. Next man up. That'll be interesting. Well, yeah. Well, I think that's that's all the games for this week. But um, Lauren, AJ, any any last any parting shots that you'd like to like to say here? Yeah, shout out to the Wizards for winning tonight, going into the uh, halfway through Ooh. the season mark at twenty one and twenty. There you go, uh, c- catching that dub over the Oklahoma City Thunder go. without Bradley Beal. Great job, guys. Lauren, any parting shots, sir? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Let's just let's get good. into these playoffs. This could be fun. Yeah, one last bit that actually just came across uh, my my frame here, uh, my screen, is an update that the Denver Broncos have cleared uh, a what they're called their final legal hurdle to begin the process of transferring ownership of the team. Um, so potentially the Denver Broncos could be sold, um, a franchise that's valued at nearly $4 billion as that develops, um, as potential buyers pop up and names start circulating the rumor mill, we will bring that to your attention. I'm going to make a bid. There, we here at the Go Deep Podcast might try to become part-time owners of the Denver Broncos. I have $3. Uh, I've got 10 k in my 401k I'll put down. Hey, I have uh, some Dorito dust that I could share. There we go. Sprinkle it on. What? We got Dorito <laughs> dust. Don't give that up. Keep that. <laughs> That's Press the gold, my precious. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to say thank you to everybody that, that stuck around this far. Uh, definitely hyped moving into the NFL playoffs and, and more. Uh, as always, we thank you. Uh, Apple podcast listeners, feel free to leave us a review. Um, Five-star or four-star that bad boy. And uh, as always, go deep. Go deep. Go deep.